Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to a still nameless Tuesday episode show. I feel like we got close to having a name. A waste of time. I think that was the that closest was we got to a name. The yeah. paddock was the one that we had recommended. Yeah, no, that, that wasn't it. Um, well, either way, guys, we're here. We're in Daytona and we're joined this week by two very special gentlemen. It's nice of you. It's interesting. So when you come to Daytona, you... As a racing driver, you almost operate as like this amoeba. It's this three to four professionals that kind of move as this unit around Daytona Beach, whether that's for meetings, for on-track sessions, for meals, for whatever, for going to Disney World. Media stuff, um, for Epcot, exactly. And it's it's actually quite an interesting experience um, because so many of us myself included, I guess that goes without saying, are kind of selfish, right? So to have a selfless outlook on motorsports is is an interesting kind of change of pace. So with that said, we've brought in um, the second half of the Amoeba of the uh, number nine fat well, McLaren. Like between the Amoeba is a single cell organism. I, yeah, that's, I think. But does it not, does it not float around <laughs> as like this, this bubble? I'm not talking it's, about yeah, it's, like the it's science one, of it. Like it's famously one cell. Okay, guys, <laughs> we're getting a little bit off topic here, which I know is very par for the course for us. But uh, it's it's not the second half of the hey, team. Tim, it's the first hey, half of the team. We're the second half. To quote to quote uh, yourself, who gives a f- Okay, guys, welcome Oliver Jarvis and Marvin Kirschhofer. <laughs> Kirschhofer. <laughs> not terrible. Yeah. Uh, to the team. Guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I think so, thank Marvin, you. I'm, just, I'm sorry with Marvin because as I was as I walked out of the trailer where you're sitting 30 seconds ago, you said this is your first ever podcast that you've been on, which I'm floored to hear. Yeah, it is. It is. I've never done it before. So yeah, kind of a rookie thing now and uh, quite excited to join you guys. So it must just be like a, a, a some North American racing thing that every motorsports person has a podcast and you just go on them it's clearly not a thing in europe ollie are you a podcast regular no not at all i've done one before um one uh, two years ago in daytona won't mention the name uh but uh no don't do them in europe a couple of drivers have started I know which doing one. them yeah, yeah. <laughs> i want to start a podcast called breakfast with drivers i think that'd be funny i think they're already mad at us <laughs> like i think they already feel like we took their thing <laughs> So yeah, let's well, double down and do it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about um, guys. Introduce yourselves. So the people that don't know Oliver would give us the forty-five second rundown. Who you are, where you're from, racing background, why you're in Daytona. I'm Oliver Jarvis. Um, live in the UK. Born in the UK. Grew up racing go karts. Went on to single seaters. Um, actually raced with Hinch back in RA one days uh, longer ago than we care to remember. Um, then joined Audi in the DTM, raced sports cars with them. And when they pulled out, I then moved across to the States. Did four years with Mazda, one with Acura. Went back to the WEC last year and find myself back in America this year, full season with FAF Racing in the GTD program category. So done a little bit of everything, racing Japan as well. So uh, I say uh, I've been around the block a little bit. Marvin, how about you? Um, Marvin Kirschhofer, 29 years old, from Germany, living in Switzerland right now. Um, done the yeah, very basic steps, started with karting, then went to single-seaters, um, did F3, GP3, GP2. Actually, Alex and me, we came across each other in the paddock. Um, he was just, I think you were in GP2, I was in GP3 by that time. Um, and then went into sports car racing. Um, my first year was with Mercedes then moved to Aston, and then I've been since the end of 2021 with McLaren, and that's my first year in America and the IMSA. So, yeah, really excited about that. So, uh, it's funny, you've driven for a couple of different manufacturers, obviously all your racing really up to this point. I know you've done you've done the Rolex 24 Daytona once before, but for the most part, all your racing's been in, in Europe or Middle East, whatever. But I remember when I met you about a month ago, and, you know, as a factory driver, it's kind of a unique situation, right? You are hired by the manufacturer and in, in the sports car world, I mean, there's racing all over the world every weekend. And as a factory driver, you don't necessarily get put one place. You get put wherever they need you, whenever they need you. It's, hey, Marvin, this week you're racing in the States. Next week you're in the Middle East. Next week you're going to be racing a spa and you just kind of go and do whatever you're told to do. Right. Exactly. But when I asked you if you were excited about coming to race in IMSA, you were very excited to come race in the States. And I talked to a lot of European drivers that love racing over here compared to racing in Europe. And I, I mean, both of you have done it and both of you can touch on it. What is the kind of the big difference that makes all these European drivers really excited to get opportunities in the States? I think there's many differences. First of all, um, when I came to the States last year for the very first time doing the Daytona 24, um, you just realized the, first of all, the respect on track, the racing itself is like, very very high and just yeah you enjoy it so much but the big big point actually is you are always in the mix as long as you keep the car like in one piece basically um so even if you have an issue early on the race there's like far away from game over you can always still fight for the win because of the the wrecks you have over here with the pass around so you're just always in a position to get a good a good result win races and I think that makes it as for us race drivers just so much more enjoyable because, um, yeah, you know, 24 hours is super long. If you have a puncture in the first hour in Europe, it's like kind of, it's, it is really game over. You lose a lap in Syria and you're probably not going to get it back. So that's a big, yeah, a big point. And for me, I don't know many of the tracks I'm going to race this year. So it's always nice to get to know new tracks, new challenges. And that's yeah, what, what I have you guys for to get me around. I don't think you need us to get around, but I'm just going to throw yeah. that out. <laughs> I think Marvin touched on it. I think the racing out here is fantastic. Um, you know, it's really hard, tough racing. And you're always in the fight, even if you don't have the quickest car. 
in Europe, that's not so much the case. It, it's more pure pace dominated. Um, there's also, the paddock's a really f- friendly place in America. Um, definitely more so than Europe. I, I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if it's because, you know, for, for example, here in Daytona, we're put with different drivers. So you instantly, you know, you meet new people who, who know other drivers they drove with last year. So there, there tends to be more of a social aspect. And you certainly see that with the IndyCar drivers as well. And, you know, aside from that, the tracks are just awesome. Um, I love the old school tracks. And, and when I say old school tracks, I'm fast committed, no runoff, punish mistakes, you know, your motorsports, your Watkins Glen, you know, for me, they're, they're just really good tracks and they produce good racing. So, you know, I think it's sort of threefold for us European drivers. There, there's many aspects to it, but they're the main ones. Is there much, what would you say, like the percentage of drivers that are coming up, um, obviously not through the uh, single seater ranks, but guys that have a trajectory and a passion for sports car racing. Would you say there's a lot of guys that view America as like a final destination or is it still heavily biased towards the WEC? Because I think it's interesting in America, you certainly have this perception that European motorsports in a lot of ways is like where you want to be. Um, but certainly with IMSA being very comparable in a lot of ways to WEC, is there kind of that a, a, a equal desire being of a European up, upbringing to go race in IMSA in the States? I think it's it's definitely changed. I mean, you know, the WEC is very high end racing, you know, and it's certainly a destination drivers want to end up at. But many of the drivers at the top level, if given a choice, it's a tough decision between IMSA and the WEC. I'd probably say still coming up the ranks, you know, as a younger driver, maybe coming out of single seaters, you'd view WEC more. But once you're in that sports car group and, you know, you actually get to understand how competitive IMSA is and how tough and enjoyable it is, I think that changes, you know, as you realize that and, and you race out here. I think those that are raced out here almost tend to lean more towards IMSA um, in some respects. I, I imagine it's got to be somewhat fueled by Le Mans, right? I mean, if you're running WEC, you know, that's that's the fastest way to get a seat there. That's the oldest, biggest, most famous sports car race on the planet. So that's got to be some of the draw for sure. Yeah, without without a doubt. You know, your, your Le Mans is like your Indy 500. It's the, you know, it's the real pinnacle of sports car racing. So, you know, that's one of the tough things with doing, let's say, the IMSA championship. You know, a lot of guys will then try and tag onto that, uh, a role in Le Mans. You know, so if you can do that, that's also the perfect program. Or you look at it the other way, you do WEC and then you try and do the third driver role in IMSA, and then you, you've got the best of both worlds. But yeah, I'd say, you know, Le Mans is just one of those that every driver not only wants to do, but wants to win. So, so that is a, a big draw for, for the WEC. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, Marvin, we've covered a little bit of your guys' past now. Let's get up to date. You're the you're the you're the hot shoe, right? You're the you're the big swing and D here because you're the factory McLaren guy. You've got Oliver, who's done some GT racing, but lately has been you know very successful in prototypes. You know, obviously Alex still in IndyCar, me coming out of an open wheel background. You're let's let's call a spade a spade. You're waxing all of us. You're showing us all how bad we are at doing this and teaching us a lot. But why don't you talk a little bit about our uh, our week so far in Daytona? We've done the roar now. It's we're prepping for race week. But how's it how's it gone in your mind as a uh, as kind of the seasoned veteran? No, honestly, I'm enjoying it. I'm honestly I'm having a great time, and uh, I think we will be in a good place. You guys will be up to speed very soon. Like there's no doubt from my side. Just uh, Alex needs to make sure he's not getting stuck with the uh, with the brake pedal under the steering column. Then be okay. <laughs> but no, beside that, I think we'll be good. I'm um, having an amazing time. So, yeah. Is that something that's been happening? Uh, it may have happened. Yeah. It happened once. <laughs> so once more than it needed to. Yeah, yeah. You would think you would think Tim that being in a big old GT car there would be more space than I'm used to, and that is the opposite of what is happening. Uh, you look so pretty that's... cramped. I saw that picture. Yeah, I would I would say yeah. based on the uh, the bruises on his body from driver change practice and the fact that one time he had to get out of the car missing a shoe because it was stuck in the foot box would lead us to believe that it's actually a little bit tighter in there than you might think. Um, <laughs> Ollie, you you got to qualify for us. You did an awesome job starting us P6 in our class. Uh, I mean, you've done this race a bunch of times. You've won this race before. How's it been from your perspective, jumping into a new team, new type of car? It's a new car for the team, you know, manufacturer-wise. A lot going on, but how's it been? Actually, I'd say the, the week has run relatively smoothly. I mean, to arrive in Daytona with a brand new car um, is, is a big ask. Um, and that's, you know, if you've already run that car before. You know, you know if you've run Porsches before and you arrive with a Porsche, Yes, it's a new car, but you know the way Porsche operates, you know the way to work on the car, you know, many of the components are carry over. Whereas for FAF Motorsport this weekend, they've literally got a new car. They're learning, just like we're learning, you know, they're learning how their systems work, um, how to, to work on the car, how long changes make. I think for me, what's been really impressive is that we have run every session. There's been the, the odd moment. Um, that has been, you know, not optimal, but that's got to be expected. I mean, this team has such high expectations. <laughs> They're, you know, the first thing I know is how tough on themselves they are. But I would actually say that the, the week has run smoothly. From a personal point of view, you know, it's a new experience as it is for, for both of you two driving a GT car. And it's definitely taking some learning. But I think 
you know, every time we get in the car, we're making huge steps and, and we can see that. And for us, it's just about getting a bit more running. So, you know, I think it's been really positive so far. And if we can keep that trajectory, um, we should be in a, a good place for the race. But, you know, I'm not underestimating how tough the GTD category is. It's a serious, serious field. I want to talk briefly and get your guys' opinion. So when James was out on track, um, oh, he had God, done about don't like two this. laps, two, no, 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 no two oh. laps into a run and a water temp alarm comes on. And so the team asks him to shut the car off and, and pull down to the side of the track. And James does that and finds a, a break in the wall and gets the car to a safe place and everything. And the team quickly diagnoses um, what the issue is and that James himself can resolve it. Um, so Oliver pipes up and is like, can't he just get out and do it himself? Like, what? why are we going to waste 25, 30 minutes getting the car pulled back to the garage? Like, just tell him to get out and how to fix it and he'll fix it. And everyone looked kind of around at each other and was like, no, well, wait, actually, that's a really good idea. So James, why don't we hear from your side? How was it to think that the car was broken or need to go back to the garage to then being told, this is how you fix it. You're a mechanic now, sort it out. Well, first of all, this is the first time hearing that this was Oliver's idea. And <laughs> I, I, I mean, credit to you, man, for thinking of that. Uh, no, it's funny because like, obviously I, I see the temps go up. They tell me to shut the car off. I pull it off. And as soon as the team manager, Steve, came on and said, hey, we think you might be able to fix it. And he started explaining it. I put together very quickly what it was and what had happened. And look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm more mechanically inclined than the average racing driver. Let's call a spade a spade. But what what the issue was, I knew was very solvable. So like, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's get this thing going. So hopped out, popped the hood off, fixed the problem, put the hood back on. And unfortunately, the battery had died enough that we couldn't fire the car up right then and there but we got it back to the garage fired up right away and ended up getting the session going but it just it brings you back to those the glory days of Le Mans where the drivers had a toolkit in the car and could make you know track side changes and and repairs if uh if necessary so yeah it's it's not been a completely drama free week so far but as Oliver said given all the challenges of coming with a new car and new team and new everything it's gotten pretty smooth I'd say very happy about that um my, all right so where you've handed it to the marshal and you're like please take this but bring it back yeah please drop this off at garage 17 uh we'll be back for it thank you uh <laughs> um so marvin you've done um 24-hour races um other ones you've done them in europe and have you done one in the middle east or have you done like 24 hours of dubai or no, actually, I haven't done this. I've done one 24-hour race in Kota, which is not a really 24-hour oh, right. race. Right. Where you have like a 12-hour split, uh, have a nap back in the hotel, and then you come back to the racetrack to continue for another 12. I mean, frankly, that sounds a lot more civilized. And at my advanced age, I don't hate that plan. Uh, unfortunately, that's not how this one works. Ollie, how many how many 24s have you done, all in? Not just Daytona, but other races as well. Oh, um, probably... You put me on the spot. I'm gonna say it's gonna be twenty. Seven or eight Daytonas, twelve Le Mans, Spa, Dubai. Yeah, maybe twenty two, twenty three, twenty four hour races. So you've they done you've easy. done Yeah. <laughs> well no, because we keep getting older, so I think they get decidedly harder every time. 
but you, you've had success in them. I mean, is this an element of the of the sport that you really enjoy these these super long endurance races? I mean, we've got obviously the, your Sebrings and your Petilamas and your kind of longer races, but these twenty four hour ones, do you genuinely enjoy them, or is it just sort of like something you've got to do as a sports car driver? I think I enjoy them, but then at four in the morning, I, I honestly question why we do it. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's like I look forward to coming to Daytona. I look forward to Le Mans. And there's that like seven in the morning where you've not slept. You look like, but be careful with my terminology. Death warmed over, yeah. Yeah, that's a better way of putting it. And I honestly question every time, like, why do we do this? But there's honestly something that makes you come back. And I think, you know, people can probably, you know, resonate with that. Let's say you do an Ironman, you know, you, you absolutely destroy your body. It's probably horrendous at moments, but then, you're stupid enough to sign up and do another one or, you know, other sporting events. So yeah, I do. I do love them. I do enjoy them. I love the challenge of looking after the car, staying out of trouble. Um, and nowadays you still have to push, you know, you can't just cruise around, but, um, but I think there's also that weird enjoyment of pushing the limits of not only the car, but your body physically, you know, you do feel it when you come away from here. And Marvin, I mean, the, in the, in the time I've got to know you over the last month or so, uh, the youthful enthusiasm that oozes out of you makes me think that you love these things. You you would drive 20 of the 24 hours if you had to, or if they'd let well, you. I love it till the next day and you wake up completely sore on your lower back and you need to probably get in a plane for a 10-hour flight somewhere. So then it's actually quite fun. <laughs> uh, of the ones that you've done, how do you how do you rank Daytona? I mean, you let's say you've done Spa, you do the one in Coda... Is, where's Daytona rank for you? I honestly have to say last year, I would definitely pick that as my favorite race so far. Um, the most enjoyable one, just coming back to the fact like you're always in the mix. You always have the chance to fight for the win. But also from another point, like there's so many fans out here, which we are not so used to in Europe. I mean, Le Mans might be different, but then when you go to Spa, yeah, you will have some fans, but it's like nowhere near to what you experience over here. So that's just great to see from the driver's point, like there's so many fans being interested to support you, to be at a track and actually they stay awake 24 hours. Like you can see them on the grandstand at like 2 a.m. in the morning. And uh, I think that's great for all of us. So, you know, you two are going to be racing together full season. You've got, you're stuck with us for this race. You're stuck with me for a couple other races. What's the worst part about the endurance drivers having to deal with them? And you can say you can specifically talk about us and something that we've done. Or like, what's the hardest, worst part about dealing with us or people like us? Actually, and I, I'm not saying you've actually been very easy to work with, both of you. Um, surprisingly, you know, I agree. I thought, thought you know, with your, I thought you'd have your camera crew following you and your rider, oh, and you, you know, and, and actually, it's, it's not been too bad. Um, mm. But no, I, I actually say, you know, being serious, we're quite an easygoing group, all four of us. I think we we know it's, you know, ideally we'd all have more laps. That's probably the hardest thing. You know, with four drivers, the number of laps in the testing is so limited. You know, you can be going, heading into the race with like 20 laps. And, and I know everybody says, it's all right, you've got, you've got 24 hours to learn. But as a driver, you want to be fully prepared before the race starts, not not learning during the race. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, it's always an interesting dynamic because for us, like the pressure comes from not 
not necessarily like we aren't supposed to be, we're not expected to be, and we probably shouldn't be the quickest, right? But the pressure is the exact opposite. The pressure is to make sure that whatever kind of requests or needs that we have don't affect the the main people, but also like to make sure that you are given the car in the most pristine condition possible so that when the time comes for you to go do what you need to do, like you have the tools available to do that. So it's a very, it's a weird mindset. Cause like you obviously, you, you want X level of performance to be competitive, to be in a chance to win the race, but you also, that's, it's not your priority. Your priority is to, to make sure that what you're doing is giving the overall team the tools that they need and basically giving you the car while you sleep um, in, in a good condition. So it's, it's always a fine line to walk. Um, but I think you summed it up great. Like ultimately it's, it's been really nice to have the cohesion among, you know, four people to just be able to understand the big picture of we're all trying to go out there and win a watch together. And that's, that's the end goal. And however we need to make that happen is the way it should happen. And Marvin, how have we annoyed you? You didn't get to, you didn't get to chime in there. How, how bad have we been? No, honestly, you're doing, honestly, I mean it, you're doing great. Um, for sure, there's a bit to find here and there, maybe on the braking and just on the driving side. But no, like seriously, um, the considering the amount of laps you've done, I mean, we've done one test in S3 before you guys came here. Not even you haven't done anything, Alex. But uh, speaking about you and Oliver, um, only did a few laps, and I was probably not the best conditions in S3 either. So um, considering that, I think it's really good so far. And uh, yeah, once again, there's no doubt from my side that you guys will, um, yeah, that you will struggle. I mean, you will be all right. You'll be fast. And I'm pretty sure we can do something decent on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Better. <laughs> At this rate, after all this, we damn well better. Yeah. Well, that's great, guys. Well, look, um, it's been uh, it's been a blast getting to work with you both so far. Obviously, we still have the uh, the main show ahead of us this coming weekend. Like you say, I mean, this this race is so special. The the you know, you've done it now. We've all seen it. The fans that show up for the start on Saturday, the grid walk is always insane. It's packed with people. Hopefully everybody listening is gonna be tuning in and watching on NBC. Thank you kindly. Uh, and then on Peacock. Um, but no, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a real pleasure working with you so far. Uh, and let's let's keep trying to kick some ass and see if we can get some fancy timepieces. Even though we have established again. Uh, Alex has a timepiece sponsor, so he will be donating his Rolex uh, if we win the race um, to a charity. That's not Tim. Tim, you're not a charity. You're a person. Um, I'm a charity sorry, case. a little bit. Yeah. He's a charity case. Yeah. No. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, he'll be auctioning it off. That's what he would do. He'll be auctioning it off because uh, he can't wear it. So you're just out of here spreading misinformation, man. What, what, uh, oh. <laughs> I, I, I did, you gotta keep I, that I watch that you can't you wear for yourself. I didn't, rude. I didn't think, uh, your commentator roles allowed you to do that, but, uh, here you are <laughs> in this capacity. I can do whatever I want. And apparently on podcasts, you can say anything you want. Uh, that's something you can note down for the future, Marvin. All right, guys, again, thanks so much for coming, uh, coming on the show and, uh, look forward to racing with you guys this weekend. This has been off track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at AskOffTrack on Twitter and Instagram. 
If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Tim. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.